Hi, this is Jeanette Creamore, or you may know me as JC. Welcome to Laugh, Learn, Lead, a podcast show that helps project sponsors, project managers, and their teams shape their project success stories. I'll be sharing interviews that bring a different perspective to what project success looks and feels like, as well as unpacking our conversations to provide insights and practical tips. Stay tuned and enjoy. Hi, listeners. In last week's episode with Tony Arden, we talked about challenges facing organizations, what we can be doing to have more successful projects, and what he looks for in a project manager. And with his expertise as a vendor, it really got me thinking about how often we may or may not take a vendor for granted. And when we engage a vendor, do we have the right intent and purpose um, in behind that? So today I want to talk about the role of a vendor, the expected value. I think that they should play for us and how to engage them as a team player. Vendors are like every other resource in your project plan. They have a role to play. They are responsible for deliverables. They bring exceptional skills and knowledge to the team. And they also want to celebrate success just like you and I. And yet on the flip side, vendor relationships are complex and they have their own internal structures and processes, which from time to time may seem like they a barrier or they have a lack of interest in our project results. But it takes time to build trusted relationships that have open and honest conversations. And the vendor relationship is one that I absolutely highly recommend that you invest strongly in. I know from my experience that the vendors where I have built um, that open um, conversation and communication with them and getting them involved as a team player has been more valuable than me running around trying to find multiple resources that may or may not have the expertise that I'm looking for. And I'll give you an example um, of what one that I believe worked really well. I was um, asked to pick up a project in flight that was in a bit of trouble. Um, it was at Disability Services Queensland and uh, the vendor as a system integrator was not doing too great. And so that vendor was removed. And what I then had to do was pick up a team of, um, I think we had about 60 people in the team, including um, the product vendor. So the system integrator vendor had been moved on because um, they weren't doing the role that they were asked to do. I think it was just they were the wrong fit. Um, and they didn't understand enough about the customer. And I'll talk a little bit about that again soon. And so the first thing I did with this vendor, um, the product vendor, it was Coram. Um, their head office was in Dublin in Ireland. And I had um, my primary contact was with the Asia Pacific account executive, David. And I think the first thing I said to him was, okay, what role do you play for us? And he was like, he paused and hesitated because most times he said to me that a vendor will be um, criticized or blamed or, um, you know, the contract gets pulled out of the drawer saying that you said that in clause such and such, you were going to do this. And yet I was coming from a different perspective, knowing that I wasn't going to be successful unless I actually had the the vendor who who owned the product and who knew how the configuration worked and knew how to um, to be hosted and and implemented. 
I didn't have them on board, I wasn't going to be successful and my team wasn't. So I always ask the vendor, how are they going to work with me and my team? How will they bring their expertise to the table? How will they get involved in risk identification and issue management? Now, you might think that's a bit weird, but I know when vendors are engaged and they are not part of a team, it is like setting yourself up to fail from day one. It's an us and them conversation. It's an us and them um, behaviours, and that does not work. Absolutely, you bring a vendor in because you might be um, limited in your understanding of a certain process or um, technique. You might bring a vendor in because they actually have the product or the solution that you're looking to invest in. And you might bring a vendor in because they're independent and you just want um, a third party's um, advice um, or recommendation. For whatever reason you're bringing a vendor in, do you do diligence, but be open about it. I can remember David and I continually talking about how he could bring his best resources here to Australia and, and that I needed his um, best resources to teach and coach, you know, the, the, the department that was actually implementing this case management solution, uh, solution that they needed to have hands-on. They needed to get um, their, what I call the, you know, roll up the sleeves and get amongst it with the troops. And, um, and the vendor responded, David and the team were brilliant. We were able to bring that um, contract um, back on track and the um, project successfully delivered. Um, but I needed the vendor. I couldn't have done it alone, and nor could the team. The team needed the advice and the expertise from the vendor. But I'll just get back to um, the due diligence and um, that I was quickly mentioned. Most vendors are engaged, and I'll say most because um, you know, more than 80% of vendors are engaged through some tender or um, procurement process where they have to respond to a number of requirements and put in, um, you know, their price and how they're going to um, meet the requirements. Um, I, can, I know that when I go through that process myself and my project team, I do it over a phased um, engagement. Because for me, um, vendors can write a response and they spend significant amount of time um, writing responses. And, um, and I know, you know, I believe that we probably should be paying for that. And, um, and I actually did do that with Village Roadshow, um, thankfully with Adrian, who was the technical lead for um, the theme parks up on the Gold Coast. He supported that approach and we actually had the vendor submit their um, tender but actually come on site here in Australia. So there was a European and American vendor that was shortlisted with an Australian. There was three vendors and we paid for all three vendors to actually set up and show us their product and how they would go about implementing it. So, and I felt that we got the best result from that. So think about when you're actually doing your tender process and your valuation process, are you asking the vendor to spend 
sometimes fifty, hundred thousand dollars putting in a response and they may or may not get the job. So how how invested are they in it? And how invested are you in it if you're not willing to put you know some money behind that um, decision about who's going to be the vendor that you're going to work with? But anyway, getting back to the due diligence. Um I mentioned that I ask questions about uh, while the evaluation committee is often, you know, assessing the response, I'll sit with the vendors, delegates, and talk about the practical implementation approach. So, what type of skills will they bring to the table? How will they work with this? Um, what's some of their internal processes and cultures that they have to fulfil for their boards? And how would they um, teach us and coach us through issues? Um, would there be a blame game? Because that's that's a that's a definite no for me. Mine is so much more about collaboration and being open and honest and having frank conversations. And and I know by having a phased approach when you're engaging a vendor, you can really find the vendor that's that suits you and suits the situation today. Because a vendor that you might have used last time may not be the right vendor this time because your situation is different. It might be um, different stakeholder groups. It might be um, more complex problems. Whatever it is, don't always use the go-to vendor for every solution. Do your due diligence and ask the questions, not their technical expertise about their products and services, but their relationship and communication um, approaches that to me is so crucial in ensuring that you've got the right vendor for you and your team the other thing i want to um, talk through about vendors is your intent for getting a vendor in the first place now vendors as i mentioned bring um, skills and knowledge to the team along with their products and services but if you're trying to get the vendor to be responsible for things that you are re- should be responsible for, it's not going to work. Um, recently, and also two years ago, I seen where a client was not great in their project management maturity. Um, they were scrambling and trying to do their best. Um, the people they had in their team Um, were always showing up every day with their best effort. There was no doubt about it, but they just didn't have the right fit for their team. And what I saw was a transfer of risk about the implementation to the vendor and an unfair, what I believe is an unfair expectation that the vendor was going to bring all this project success and yet they weren't engaged to do the most important thing, which was you know, project leadership, um, communication and change, and um, data. And so when you're engaging a vendor, make sure that you've actually got the right role for the vendor. If it's a bit of that responsibility and a bit of that responsibility to try and make up a whole, be aware that you might actually be doing the wrong blend. And ask the vendor themselves. You know, how would they go about fulfilling a a resource shortage that you might have? Which gets to my last um, conversation piece about 
getting the vendor involved as your team. Now, I've seen um, different approaches. I've seen a vendor where it's very much driven by the contract and um, methodical and black and white. And it may or may not work for you, but for me and my experience, I know it doesn't. That a contract is there to guide and instruct um, accountabilities and obligations of deliverables, but it's not there to referee or to adjudicate uh, relationship issues. Um, you must spend time asking questions and getting them involved. Treat them as a team member. Get them to your project team meetings. Ask them to participate in planning. Um, ask them for um, a, a seat at the table in your governance meetings. I know that there's some commercial and confidence information that you can't share with vendors. Absolutely, you know, your finances and some internal um, issues that are not for public, um, you know, eyes and ears. Absolutely. But when I've invited the vendor to the governance meetings, I will normally do an agenda where the vendor can be involved up to a certain point. And then we ask the vendor to leave the meeting because it's then about the client's um, business. And that works very well because for me, when we've got transparency with the vendor and they're able to raise uh, risks and issues and have access to um, schedules and have access to, um, you know, the um, status reports, there's no surprises for them and they're going to know that you trust them and they trust you. And it's just a technique that I encourage you to think about is when you do have a vendor playing a role in your project team, do you give them access to your critical information that allows them to be the best version of themselves? Or do you ask them to try and filter the information where you drip feed it to them? Whatever is right for you, um, that's great. But I really challenge, um, have you given everything possible to the situation between the relationship of yourself and the vendor to make it a success? That's about it for today. I hope that um, helps you think about why you engage vendors, how you go about engaging vendors and what role do you get them to play in your team and the sort of relationships that you have with one another. Um, are you proud to represent one another um, in, a, in a forum where you are standing side by side or is there still conversations of us and them? Whatever it is, um, make sure that you do invest time in this critical role, the vendor. So my three tips for this week, um, number one, select the right vendor for the right role. As I mentioned, um, a vendor that might have done something for you previously might not be the right vendor this time. It's like any uh, resource when you recruit them. It's um, You're trying to not have the um, example of square peg round hole. You actually want to see um, the right vendor doing the right role for you. The second tip, engage the vendor as a strategic resource. And I was just talking about that. So invite them to the governance meetings. Get them involved. Um, they are your strategic partner. They are a resource in your team and treat them that way. Third tip, don't transfer risk to the vendor. You're responsible for the project's outcome. By doing so, 
you're just setting yourself up for failure. Um, get them involved. Get the vendor involved in your risk assessment and mitigation plans. Get them to sign up what they're responsible for. Get them to um, take on some activities that um, that if something does happen, that the treatment plan is well known and understood. And as always, I like to end the um, unpack episode with a quote from my conversation from my guest. And last week, Tony's was for me. The best projects are done by the best teams. Thank you for listening and I hope you have a few ideas to take action. I would love for you to rate and review the show. I too need feedback to learn. Cheers for now. Remember, a day without laughter is a day wasted.